A white man? No! Welcome to The Unsub is a White Man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And we're back with another Criminal Minds recap. Yes. This, home invasions are not my jam. (laughs) And I watched this yesterday afternoon, and then Nate ran out to do something, I don't even remember what, and I was in the kitchen with the baby, and I heard the door, and I was like, oh my God, I heard the screen? Yeah. Like, oh my God. And we came out into the dining room and he was in the living room and it was like, ah! <laughs> like you're, you left. He's like, oh, I forgot my wallet. I'm going now. But I fully expected a murder, a team of murderers <laughs> based on this episode. I thought maybe I'd be less of a wimp because I watched it in the day. The daytime didn't, didn't save me from yeah. my delusions. But uh, we are talking about Hopeless, which originally aired October 14th, 2009. Yeah. Starts with a really cool group of dudes. Yeah. Hanging out. Yeah. My notes describes them as a bunch of stupid bros. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's too. But yeah, they're all hanging out, uh, watching a video of themselves uh, just beating people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like really self congratulatory. Like the one guy is like, quoting himself yeah. <laughs> along with the video. I'm yeah. like, I immediately mm-hmm. hate all of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> I a hope lot you to are not going to try to like pan these people out to be sympathetic unsubs because <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> they don't though. Spoiler alert. Yeah, they're just the worst. There's really nothing to sympathize with with these fellas. Yeah. Um, so JJ gets a call about the murders, which happened right in Southeast D.C., and Prentice reminds them is that Southeast is where all that vandalism has been happening recently, <laughs> which sounds really unnatural. And I don't, I mean, I looked it up and it doesn't appear that Southeast is the name of an actual neighborhood yeah. in DC. Cause usually they do use real neighborhoods. And yeah. I was like, well, I've never heard of that one, but like, I don't I live there. Maybe so they like, were just referring to like the geographical area, but was also strange because then it would be multiple yeah, neighborhoods. Like it's, it's so they usually weird. don't gentrify by geographic location. It's yeah, like it's it's so weird. Like I mean, if you were talking about like places in Pittsburgh, you wouldn't be like, oh, it's in the Northeast. Yes. Like you would tell me what neighborhood in uh-huh. Pittsburgh it is. Yep. And if they're all locals, they also would do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's it was bizarre. very weird. Like, I guess they the, writers, the writers would have had to Google something. Yeah. Well, if they were too specific, they wouldn't be able to just use random California street and call it DC either. So they yeah. have to be really generic. So you're not like, wait a second, that isn't <laughs> even the East Coast. That doesn't make sense. Mm. Um, yeah. So um, they uh, learned that the murders were all blunt force trauma, which they say is atypical of home invaders, which I found weird mm-hmm. because... How did the guy in Catching Out kill people? Did he beat them to death? I thought so. Because in Children of the Dark, they beat them to death. But you (laughs) know what? We never see that. It seems like all of the home (laughs) invasions that you have investigated so far have in fact been (laughs) blunt force trauma deaths. But sure, whatever. Every one of the cases they take, though, was like the exception to the rule. Mm, There's just lots of exceptions. A lot of exceptions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So uh, Hotch points out that vandalism can lead to violence, and Morgan and Prentice explain that this general area is being gentrified and that the longtime residents are pretty angry about it. Mm. JJ says that the murdered couples were wealthy, but that nothing was stolen from the house as far as they can tell. Um, The two couples were not the same race, so they don't believe that the attack was racially motivated. Mm. So in the opening of this, right, the fellows are watching this video... Did you find the video at all confusing? Like, the point of view of the video changes from the unsub's point of view to the victim's point of view, like, back and forth. Did you notice this? Yeah. And I was just, like, are they using that as, like, a cover for the violence? So then, like, if it switches to the victim's point of view, you don't see someone actually being bashed in the face. I think so, yeah. It's just, just to imply violence. But then it's like, how many camera angle shots are they setting up here? Right. <laughs> this is exhausting. Right. It's like, this is a, this From is a, a cinematography standpoint. Right. Who is, is the director of photography here? You must have a huge team of people. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it would just, I don't know. It They're was like, like, all right, hold that shot. Now we're going to rotate. <laughs> it's like from moment to moment, it went back and forth between the two points of view and like color and black and white. Yeah. And it was just. Well, the color, I think, was like it really happening. And, and the, the black and white was the video? Or, or the, no, the other way around. I think that's what it was. Because yeah. we were getting like real shots because you would see them with the camera. <sighs> it was all very confusing. And yeah. the video was like super shaky and like one of those videos that like my kids take and then yeah. they're like, Mom, watch this video and like four seconds into it, I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how could you rewatch that multiple times? Yes. Yeah. And uh, these guys are just drinking their beers. I don't yeah. know. I they're just... Van Buren beers. Yes. That's their fake beer that they have in this one. Uh, there's an episode of Seinfeld where George gets attacked by a gang called the Van Buren Boys. And that's all I can think about <laughs> nice. this is street toughs, the Van that's Buren Boys. That's what we boys. should call them, the yeah. Van Buren Boys. <laughs> uh, yeah, so our first quote, Kingman Brewster Jr. said, there is no lasting hope in violence, only temporary relief from hopelessness. Mm. <gasps> the name of the episode. Oh, wow. They, <sighs> yeah. Uh, so the team arrives on the scene with a crutch hobbling Reed in tow. Like, I guess he's good to travel locally. They I'm had like, to write one that was local so Reed could go yeah. with the team because he still had been cleared. Though it just occurred to me during this episode that Hotch was cleared from his nine stab wounds more quickly than Reed was through what we were told was just a through and through to the thigh, right? They're always like, ah, it's just a through and through. Yeah. But he's still hobbling around on crutches. Meanwhile... Hotch has, like, internal scarring and stuff. And they're like, yeah. he's good. No, he can go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's like he seemed to do fine last time when they just left him behind. Yeah. So, And that was a good interaction between him and Garcia. Yeah. Like, that was fun to watch. And in this episode, they don't use him at all. No, but he just hobbles around in the background. Yeah. Like, just okay. leave him back with Garcia and give him a couple zingers yeah. every once in a while. And that's fine. <laughs> <sighs> Um, the detective warns them to brace themselves before going in. He also says that no one saw anything despite an increased police presence because of all of the vandalism that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Hotch suspects multiple unsubs due to the blood pooling. Like he and Reed are outside and they're like, well, yeah. there's like blood here, but there's no drag marks. So he must have been carried and everything. And he was a big guy, like yeah. six something. So there had to have been more than one person. Um but it, like they're like going through all the science. It's like I would assume multiple unsubs because there are four victims. Right. One and person none of them can't are do bound that. or anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You would obviously have to have more than one. So I love that their their logic of th- three unsubs because there would be like once they were inside, they're like 
yeah, that'd be, you know, one-on-one for the two guys, but just one guy for the two women. You just need one guy for the two women. Yeah. Because it's just two women. I was like, I was with Maybe you those that. ladies know Krav Maga. Yeah, right? <laughs> they could be tougher than me. Yeah. I would just assume that you'd want one-on-one defense for a situation like that. But you apparently not. I don't know. Uh, the local guy is the crazy prison guard from Prison Break, too. Is he? Yeah. He looked familiar, but I couldn't figure out where he was yeah, from. Yeah, that's him. Um, yeah, so then um, inside they come to the same conclusion, probably three to four unsubs, um, and Rossi says that it's too efficient to be just kids. Yeah. Like, they clearly know what they're doing. And Morgan points out that this is, like, a huge jump from vandalism to yeah. a quadruple homicide. Yeah. And he's like, there's just something not right about this. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot not right about this. Yeah. Um, so JJ de- details some of the vandalism that they keep referencing, which was like a bunch of luxury cars that were smashed in and then a restaurant mm-hmm. and then a townhouse that was like under, yeah, un- under construction, but all torn apart and everything. Yeah. Um, Morgan points out that the... Um, Attacks are symbolic against the influx of new wealth and the changing neighborhood. It's a class war. Yeah. And Rossi's like, well, why don't the unsubs stand out in a neighborhood like this? And Morgan's like, because they live there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're probably locals because it's not totally gentrified. So there are still some of the original residents living there. Um those awful poor people are yeah. still milling around. Yeah. And they're all really angry about yeah. being disenfranchised. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, points out again that the jump in, or like the escalation in violence doesn't make any sense. Um, and I just like, it, I've noticed this season, like they have decided to, what to do with Morgan. Yeah. Like before he was just like Tough the pretty guy, guy that yeah. kicked doors in mm-hmm. and like now they're actually like giving him a character and yeah. like, I enjoy you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like watching you. You're like a person and yes. you do things that make sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, He's been spot on in the last few episodes yeah. where everyone else is just kind of distracted by all the nonsense. Yeah. Um, so uh, the unsubs turn out to be construction workers. Mm-hmm. They're on a job site um, and their contractor comes uh, to like just be a jerk to them about mm-hmm. not being done yet. Yeah. And the one guy like makes some weird comment about how like the foundation had a flaw or something. He's like, I hate to see you like at home alone at night. And the like, the whole house comes crashing down on you, and you're mm. like, "You're so creepy." Yeah, and the woman's like, "Okay." <laughs> She's like, "Okay, take your time. Goodbye." I, you know like, what? I don't <laughs> want to live here anymore, so don't even worry about I'd it. I'd very much like to not be here <laughs> anymore. Goodbye. Um, so Hotch has gotten records from Garcia of men in the area between 25 and 45 who have had financial difficulty recently, and there's 713 of them. <laughs> Only so. 713, which seems insane for DC. Yeah. That's a huge, that's like 20 years of ages and... Oh, huge, I think it's just just southeast. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. not a hugely populated, densely packed city, so no, no problem. You could find 713 people, men of those ages, fitting that description 
here where we live, which I would not describe as densely packed or largely populated. <laughs> a place that has like 13,000 people. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so yeah, the victim's families arrive to be interviewed to see if they can do anything to help. And Morgan gets to have a moment with one of the victim's extremely attractive sister. Yeah. Do you have, you don't watch as much crappy TV as me. I'm a connoisseur of crappy television. Oh, I'm a connoisseur of crappy movies. So you tell me where yeah. you know her from and then I'll tell you where I know her from. I know her from a very poorly done sci-fi channel original series called Eureka, which was about a... I never watched that, but I remember that show. Yes. Uh, I When I lived in New York, I would go to the video store after work, because that's, Cause that's a I thing. Because that's a <laughs> thing people <laughs> used to do. It's like the John Mulaney quote yes. where he's like, <laughs> I was call- once on the telephone with Blockbuster Video. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I used to get off the train, walk to the movie rental place, and rent one DVD at a time <laughs> for the seasons of Eureka and then watch them on my laptop because I was poor and there's nice. nothing to do in New York City when you're very poor. So that's how I watched all of Eureka. That's nice. how I know Allison from Eureka. Um, I know her as the scientist from Anaconda's Blood Hunt <laughs> for the Blood Orchid, which is the sequel <laughs> to the movie Anaconda. <laughs> Which I was um, going to say, for those of you listening, that's not the movie Anaconda. (laughs) It's not. It's the sequel, uh, (laughs) which takes place in Southeast Asia, where I would like to point out there are no anacondas. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, I have seen that movie probably three times (laughs) because I love a terrible creature feature. Um, But yeah, me and 12 other people in the world recognized her as Gail from that movie. (laughs) Um, but yeah, back at the unsubs house, they are watching the video again. Um, uh, while the one guy is like remembering his interaction with the jerky contractor and he's yeah. like twitching with anger. Yeah, like, I guess this is terrible. Acting. <laughs> uh, They're but just he, doing like a little internet remix, adding some beats yeah. to the top of their video. Uh, but he very ominously suggests that it's time for them to go out. Yeah. So, you know, you're supposed to be understanding they're so impotent in their daily lives, right? Yeah. He had to apologize to this woman for being behind because the boss told him so and whatever. Now yeah. they're just going to go out and enact their violence, exert their rage. Yes. Like, oh, man. White men continue to be the worst. (laughs) So, yeah, they go to a liquor store Mm -hmm. and just act as suspicious as humanly possible. (laughs) They're being intimidating, Emily. They like making people scared. It's just weird, though. It is. And I was like, listen, we just watched these guys get away with a quadruple homicide. Get off scot-free. And you want us to believe they're going to stroll into a random liquor store where there's cameras. There has to be. This is an all-night liquor store in a city. And you know that liquor store owner has got a shotgun behind the counter. Exactly. (laughs) And they're just going to go in there and do something. Like, that's the implication. And it's dumb. Yeah. Because they're not going to do that. Or the episode would be over now. Yeah. Like this is, and, and like, we're not even halfway through it yet. Yeah, this, this is only like 15 <laughs> minutes into the episode. Yeah. We can't be at the second body yet. Um, but yeah, they just end up buying a case of Van Buren beer. <laughs> of course, because yeah. they're the Van Buren boys. Yes. <laughs> um, so they pull up to the back of a building and see a girl coming out of the built, like out of the back door. Yeah. It's like a, looks like a, the back of a strip mall. Yeah. And something. she looks like a waitress. Like she's in a uniform. Yeah. She's wearing like, at first I thought maybe she was like a hotel maid or mm, something. Yeah. Like she's like a very like year. service uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, Her but very yeah, preppy she, boyfriend is obviously waiting in the car. Like yeah. She's walking over to him. And they like pull up and they 
are like acting intimidating to the boyfriend. He's like, I'm just waiting for my girlfriend so I can take her home. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. Yeah. And they're like, that's an awfully nice car. Did you notice the car? You didn't. Because you've never noticed a car. I've never in my life noticed a car. It's like a 97 Ford Taurus. It didn't seem fancy. (laughs) It's not a nice car at all. I didn't seem any fancier than the car they came in. It's like the car that everyone I knew had in high school because their parents had bought a better car (laughs) and they had gotten that one as a (laughs) hand-me-down. It's Mm -hmm. that car. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, it's not like this girl is just come out of a nightclub or a country club or like a fancy store. Like she's just gotten off of a shift yeah. and she doesn't even have her own car to drive. She's getting a ride. Like these are not fancy people. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense why they're like. So yeah, they smash his windshield and then it cuts to the commercial, what would have been the commercial break. I was like, sir, drive away. Yeah, run them over. Young lady. They don't even have a gun. Run back into your establishment. Yeah. Somebody do something, but they just stand there and wait to die. Yes. Like, so clearly we're no longer, like, wealth is not the motivation. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, the team arrives the next morning after the restaurant manager had arrived and found the badly beaten bodies in the parking lot. Apparently so badly beaten they can't even be identified. Yeah. Like, what a morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's a day I quit my job, leave everything behind and start a new life. Yeah. Like, um, Morgan says that the murders are no longer symbolic and Hotch is like, yeah, they're just about rage and power now. You're like, you don't know that they were ever symbolic. Yeah. You, you made that assumption that you think they were symbolic, but like, instead of saying like the MO has changed, they've evolved. Why wouldn't you think to yourself even for a second, like, Maybe we were wrong about the motivation in the first place. <laughs> wrong? They're never wrong. <laughs> never. No. Uh, the detective points out that the unsubs sat around and drank beer afterwards because there's like crushed cans. And again, you don't know that they drank it afterwards. They right. might have been waiting there for somebody to come out drinking yep. beer beforehand. And Morgan's like, yeah, it's because they want you to know that they don't care. <laughs> You're like, there are so many. <laughs> Get out the jump to conclusions, Matt. <laughs> this is insane. Um, yeah, Reed's like, the, the, this is like the only thing Reed contributes to the entire episode. He's mm. like, they're like outlaws. You ride into town and wreak havoc. And the only way to stop them is to kill them. You're like, okay, Reed, thanks. <laughs> um the detective's like, okay, we're fine with that. We will kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and Say no more. Hotch warns him not to take up the unsub's challenge to stoop to their level, mm. which makes the detective really mad because Hotch is telling him what to do and how to feel. And it's like, I get it. And also the FBI just kills everybody anyway. So like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Hotch says it's time to head back and have their profile. Uh, but before we get it, the... They're like some of them go back to the BAU office. Yeah. Instead I, of doing their full team profile like I, they usually do. This is also weird. But they do it this way so that we can cut back and forth between Rossi and Hotch delivering the official profile and Morgan giving a private personal profile mm-hmm. to the hot sister. Yes. This name I never caught. I have no idea. I just <laughs> called her Allison because that was her name yeah. on Eureka. Um, yeah, I, I seriously for a moment thought the only profile we were getting was going to be Morgan talking to the hot sister. And I was like, this is I thought that's <laughs> Because that there's no way that is allowed. Yeah. This is just craziness. I was on your side, Morgan, and now you're acting like an idiot because it's a pretty girl. Yeah. Um, so these men are completely, it's a long one. So just, there's a lot of sit back here. and relax. <laughs> well, cause you have to have 
enough for both of them right. to say when they're going back and forth. These men are completely disenfranchised. They feel like they have nothing to live for, and they're looking for anyone and anything to blame. There's a lot of anger out there. Times are tough. But even so, these man, men will stand out. They'll look to provide confrontation. Any excuse, they'll take it. They don't steal from their victims. They don't sexually assault the women. This is about violence for violence's sake. It's almost contagious. It's twisted. It's got its own momentum. What we need to do is figure out how these men came together. We feel certain that they have some connection to Southeast D.C. They go unnoticed. They don't seem out of place. We have no prints from the crime scenes, so we believe that the unsubs wear gloves. DNA testing could take weeks, and we don't have that kind of time. The majority of the population of the Southeast is black, but if the unsubs work in this area, they could be any race. Because of the physical nature of the murders and the amount of control these unsubs exert over their victims, we believe that these unsubs are large, or at least extremely physical fit. Physically fit. Would you have described all three of those men as extremely physically fit? No. They yeah. just were kind of like scrawny. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a pack mentality. Canvas the local bars and restaurants. See if there's a group of men that fits this description. These men will be obsessed with the media coverage of the crimes. Stake out the past crime scenes. There's a good chance that they'll revisit them. They most likely come from troubled backgrounds, broken homes, youth detention centers. They probably bonded over their anger, and now it's like they've become one person. It's their whole identity. See, these guys think of themselves as some type of gangsters, like society's rules don't apply to them. They equate violence with power and respect, and that goes for self-respect as well. And Allison says or what his hot sister says, what could they possibly get out of killing innocent people for no reason? And Morgan says, people like this, they're not like you and me. They don't feel empathy. In a way, they only feel alive when they're creating fear or chaos. And then the best part of this whole exchange, she asks, and your profiles, they help catch these people? <laughs> and he lies right to her face and he says... They do. <laughs> I, I got that too. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, no, they no, don't. No, they don't. Skeptical at best about all of this. And yeah, that's when I was like, okay, there's no way that Morgan should even be having this conversation with this woman. It is terrible. And I hate it all. Yes. But yeah, they do. Profiles catch them. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, but yeah, then uh, Hutch apologizes to the detective for mm-hmm. um, unintentionally insulting him. And he tries to relate to him on a personal level. Yes. I was like, who is this Unreal. man? <laughs> yeah. uh, meanwhile, Garcia finds a social media post mm. rallying people to vandalize cars and restaurants in DuPont Circle, which mm. is an actual neighborhood in D.C. I don't think it's in the Southeast, though. It is not. Okay. It's... Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I know where that one is. <laughs> um, but by the time the team arrives, it is like a war zone. Yeah. Like, yeah. they've got, like, the riot police out. Everything's on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a full-scale It's unraveled riot. really quickly. And well, before they go to, they're like, uh, we found a text. I'm like, the text of a social media post. You did not find a text. There is not a text being passed. Unless you say text like you mean yeah. a novel is a text. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't. It was so annoying that they kept walking around talking about a text. That's what I was trying to remember. Like, this is 2009? Yeah. I mean, how, how long In had. In 2009. Facebook had existed. Yeah, but you had to have a .edu for Facebook. But live journal existed. Still at that point, though? Oh, maybe not still at that point. 
in the earlier 2000s. Yeah. You did. That's what I was trying to remember, like, at what point. Yeah. Facebook would have. And I feel like it was prevalent enough at this point that the writers should understand that, like. Tumblr was around. It wasn't like. Yourself and also like smartphones were barely a thing, right? <laughs> right. I went, so is it a text or is it a social media? <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand what was going on, and I hated the way they kept saying we've we found a text. Yeah, how would you? We found a text on social media. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like this sounds like my mom trying to describe how the internet works. <laughs> we're gonna tweet it on Facebook. Yes. Um. But yeah, the uh. The Hotch tells the detective to confiscate all of the cell phones to find the originators of the text. Yes. From social media. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Back at the station, the team assures Detective Andrews that the riots had nothing to do with the murders and that these are just, like, dumb kids acting out and that this is not the way that these guys yeah. like this isn't the way that they would have escalated. Mm-hmm. Um, Why but would they want to share credit with like all these yahoos. Yeah. You know, but he accuses the team of wasting uh, the police's time with their stupid profile and kicks them all out, which sometimes I wish people would do that more often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the hot sister comes back and she breaks down in the middle of the police station yelling mm-hmm. at the rioters, even though Morgan's like, no, no, they are, these are they don't idiot have anything kids to do with this. nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells her just to trust the profile and that they'll trust or they'll catch those bad guys. Sure. Sure. Um, so the unsubs are mad about the riot because the kids are stealing their thunder, mm-hmm. which I can only assume because they don't speak at all. Like the, well, the he one guy a newspaper. just cut, walks over with the newspaper and just angrily shoves it in their faces and mm-hmm. they all just stand up and walk off the job site. Yeah. And the contractor's like, what? Where are you going? They got to like, get right to work. <laughs> and so, like, okay, sure. The other out of character thing that I thought Hotch did in all of this was they get uninvited, right? The local guy is like, you're done here. Yeah. Thanks for wasting your time. And Hodge is like, we're going to secretly still do it. Like, since when, Hodge? Yeah. He's always the one that, like... He's like, no, rules are rules. We haven't gotten permission. Have yeah. we been officially invited in? And now he's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's like, they're going to want us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the unsubs, they leave the job site and they go to a bar mm-hmm. with a nail gun. And it goes to a commercial again, but you know nothing good was going to happen with that nail gun. Yeah. <laughs> no one just casually brings a nail gun to a public place. Yeah. Uh, so Garcia confronts Morgan about mm-hmm. his inappropriate interactions with mm-hmm. the hot sister. And Morgan's like, no, no, I am just being nice. Yeah. I am not involved with her. And Garcia's like, she doesn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. You need to think about things from her perspective because mm-hmm. you are wading into dangerous waters, my friend. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but JJ interrupts them with the news of two more dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they arrive on the scene to find that the bartender's hands are nailed down to the bar before, like, were nailed down before they, like, actually killed him. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I'm not sure how you would know that. I just by if looking at the body, I don't know how you'd be know. able to tell that. They can, though. Um, <laughs> but they note that it was done with a nail gun, not... Mm-hmm. Not like a hammered nail, yeah. Well, and they're like, why wouldn't the nails be pounded all the way in if they're, like, this angry? And you're like, 
Who's got that kind of time? Right? Well, maybe they're better aim than me. I don't know, Prentice. (laughs) It's probably really hard. (laughs) I've never nailed anyone's hands to anything before, but I've nailed a nail into wood. (laughs) I can nearly put a nail into the wood at all, (laughs) even into the drywall, really. Um, yeah, so they, uh, suspect that construction workers might be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and because those would be the only people who would possibly have access to a nail gun, mm-hmm. um, that were like triggered by whose anger were triggered by having to participate in their own disenfranchisement by having to build these houses. Right. Like, sure. Okay, sure. But also just the nail gun was a good clue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Morgan says again, and this is this part kind of made me mad because he was like, oh my God, maybe this jump from vandalism to a quadruple homicide doesn't make any sense because there might have been other murders in the intermediate time. I was like, Morgan, I thought that that's what you had been <laughs> that's implying what you said before. all along. But yeah. now he's saying it like this huge revelation. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well... All this time I've been giving you credit because I was like, wow, Morgan's like super smart this season. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I really thought that it was what he was trying to say all along every time he brought it up. It is. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they decide to go back to the vandalized townhouse because it was like uh, recently had been remodeled. Yeah. But they uh, like owners hadn't moved in yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just show up and they tell the people that they think that maybe there's a dead body hidden in the house. (laughs) They're like, that's again, a huge jump, but of course that's going to be real. Mm -hmm. And if I was those people, I would be like, do whatever you want with this house. I'll never be back in it again. It's like, excuse me, I'm packing a bag and (laughs) leaving the rest of my things behind. Plus this woman is visibly pregnant. Like, Mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. No. Um, and, uh, especially finding out af- that every room in the house was completely destroyed except for the nursery. Yep. Burn the house down. Um, I'm not and, taking a baby in there. And they're like, did anything weird happen or after the vandalism? And they were like, well, the contractor we used <laughs> never returned our calls and we never heard from him again. Uh-huh. And they're like, which I know that's. Not abnormal. Right. Contractors don't return Contractors calls. are yeah. notorious for that kind of stuff. But still. But like at this point, once you're like, there might be a dead body in your house. And then you're like, oh no, the yeah. contractor. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'd never, never, ever come back. Um, and then, so they go in the nursery and Morgan like goes around and feels all of the walls and he's like tapping on them and everything. And then he just gets to one wall and he's like, this wall is structural. So I think he misread the line or like misspoke and it was supposed to say this wall isn't structural because the wall being structural doesn't make any sense that there would be room to put a body in Yes, thank you. Yep, (laughs) that was the next thing I had written down. Because I went back twice and rewound it and I had the captions on everything and he says, this wall is structural. Yeah, and do we know at this point that he redoes homes for fun or is that yes. not coming? Yet? We do know that, yeah. right? We've seen him doing that. So he's supposed to have home renovation skill and yet. Yeah. And yet. Even I would be like, well, then there then it can't <laughs> If you okay. were the homeowner, wouldn't you just be like, wouldn't you be looking for a non-structural wall? Right. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, and but, the, the woman's like, do you really have to? And the husband is like, how can we live here? Not know for sure that there isn't a body in there. And um, I was like, exactly, sir. But yeah, Morgan's like, and the best part is he's like, 
ma'am, I will fix this wall myself if uh, you have to. And yeah. she's like, oh, well, in that case, go ahead. And you're like, you don't know yeah. that this man <laughs> can do that. Yeah. You know what? That's like me being like, ma'am, I will fix your plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Did you think for a second that Morgan was just going to like, hi, yeah, and like push <laughs> yes. it to the drywall and see what was in there? Yes. So when he says like, just, just let me do it, I'll fix it. And they're like, okay, go ahead. I really thought he was just going to like elbow the drywall or Oh yeah, something. just punch like kick, just kick a hole in the wall yeah. and there's just going to be a body there but no they call Prentice the calls in the CSI people and yeah. they come in and they x-ray the walls and they find a body and luckily they do all of this right in front of the homeowners yes. <laughs> well why would they ask them to leave Emily they never <laughs> clear a crime scene ever I'm like if if I was that person I would take the loss on the townhome and I would immediately move to like Bali yeah. or somewhere where I could live in a bamboo house that didn't have any walls. <laughs> I would, there would be no not walls. even keep any of that baby stuff. Like I don't no. care if it's, it's all brand new. She's so pregnant. No. Get rid of it. My baby nope. can't be anywhere near <laughs> that stuff. No, nope. nope. it was just marinating in dead body essence. Yes. All of this that has to be some kind of bad karma. How did they not smell it though? It was in a plastic bag. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. Yeah. It's like, that's not a thick Because you can kind of see, like, they cut the one hole mm-hmm. out where, like, the head is, and the, it's, like, wrapped in plastic. Oh, okay. I must have been looking elsewhere. Which, I don't Staring know. at the couple. I don't know that a plastic bag would, would mask the scent of a dead body. I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, think about, like, when a garbage bag smells really bad. That's true. And that's, like, because of a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of a dead adult man body yeah. <laughs> that's shoved on the walls. It's hard to say. No. Uh, so Morgan calls Garcia to get the work permits and names of the contractor, like the subcontractors of that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find out that the three people who worked on the brick wall, brickwork, electrical, and drywalling or whatever mm-hmm. um, all uh, are roommates. Oh, <laughs> like, huh, convenient. Um, so they raid the house and they only find the one guy, but he won't sell out his buddies and say where they are. They put an APB out on the station wagon and find it near their current job site, that Mm -hmm. like woman's house that they were building. Um, Morgan, as they're carrying him, like dragging him out, asks the one guy why he did it. And he's just like, it was fun, boss. You're like, ew, Ew. somebody kick him. (laughs) Uh, but the other two unsubs are drinking in the house and uh, clearly planning to commit suicide by yeah. cop. Yeah, they're like holed up in a very like um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance yeah. Kid, except bad guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, then Hotch is like, he's just like, well, we've got like a whole a whole team of like cops that are out for blood, so let's go. Mm-hmm. And they just leave. And what, Morgan's kind of like, what? what the hell? Yeah. Like, is this the ethical thing to be doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't we be making any attempt to bring yeah. these guys in whatsoever? Like, we but, know they want to die by cops, so why are yeah. we doing something to try to get and them again, to stand down? Like, oh, look, Morgan's being the ethical human being yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it does mean that Prentice, Hotch, and Rossi get to do their cool guys don't look at explosions walk. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Local cops just like open fire yes. on the unsubs when they open the door. A flurry of bullets. Yes. Um, then we get our other quote. William Shakespeare wrote, these violent delights have violent ends. And back at the BAU, uh, the cool guys all get to have a drink while Garcia notes Morgan's absence from the group Mm -hmm. uh, because he is at the hot sister's apartment, letting him know or letting her know that the bad guys have been got, but he's not, not involved. 
and like what I didn't like says nothing to do with that. I would have been happier if he said that and then it showed him walking away, but mm-hmm. it didn't. No. He's just still in the door frame. I'm like, Morgan, come on. Yep. Like, yep. I get it. She's pretty. But like <sighs> she is clearly not in a place where she needs to be getting involved with anybody right now. So just go. Right. right. <laughs> go find this somebody is like else. Praying on the week in one of the worst possible ways yeah exactly like it would have been great if he would have said that and then turned around and walked away like right. showing that like he was being the mature person yeah but although no. if he was the mature person he would have just called or something it's true <laughs> or had someone else contact yeah. her have garcia call she's a she counselor her counsels victims yes she knows what to do um well i counted this if we want to do statistics first yeah. i counted this as three white men yeah. Wow. Um, this is really. <laughs> we're really racking them up in season five. It's, it's be hard to come back from this. Yeah. Uh, we are eight to zero white men in mm-hmm. season five. Hundred percent white men. We were like pleasantly surprised by at the end of season four. It was like seventy five twenty five. Yeah. For um, people that were not white men, but I mean, eight for eight is a lot of white men. Yes. Um, overall, this brings us 92 to 17, which bumps us up to 84.5% white men. Season five might throw my whole, <laughs> the 83% white men overall for the entire series yeah. thing way askew. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of white men. It really is. <laughs> um, so how would you rate this profile as far as accuracy, helpfulness, and plausibility? I mean, it was extremely accurate mm-hmm. and I guess as plausible as any of their things are. But like, again, the helpfulness, it's just, it's always just police work. Right. That's what it was. If they had gone and looked at the vandalism at the beginning, like revisited the vandalism, looked more if closely they were, yeah, at those. Yeah. Like if they were so sure that it was, that it was connected, connected, why wouldn't they look at that first? And they could have figured out that those three guys work together and live together. Huge red flag. Yes. In adult white men. Yeah, uh, I mean, these guys are, like, in their 30s, yeah. too. They're not, like, college bros. Right, and I get it. D.C. is an expensive city, but... Uh, Still a little red flaggy. There's a lot of red flags there for me. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe that's just because I hate roommates. Me, too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who has a roommate, that's a red <laughs> flag for me. <laughs> the fact that I even have to live with my partner is just one step too far. <laughs> he should have his own house. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, I guess like a six or a seven cause the other two yeah. places are so, or pieces are so on. I don't know. They, it wasn't a great profile. I'm still mad that he gave most of it to the sister. <laughs> Just, uh, so aggravating. Um, so what about our guy Hotch? What a, <sighs> what a turnaround here. I know. And I feel like on one hand it was like. When he apologized to that guy, I was and mm-hmm. like was like, I know what it feels like to be too personally involved in a case and have that like cloud your vision. And you're like, do you watch? Yeah, because <laughs> it seems like you're still letting that happen. But like, I was really impressed with that he apologized. But then that thing at the end where they didn't even they, he was just like, yep, let them have their vigilante justice. Yep, they're already <laughs> they, those guys are already dead. Nothing we can do about. I mean, I that. guess it's not vigilante justice if it's the cops killing them, but. <laughs> <laughs> But still, it's but still, like it's making no attempt to whatsoever. Yeah, and like those guys didn't even have weapons, right? Like, there's the one part where he's like telling him to like hold his cell phone up like it's a gun. Yeah, like you don't. They didn't even. They weren't armed, right? You could have very, you easily, taken very them in. easily taken them in. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's true. I wanted I, to I feel like it just kind of like evened it out. Yeah. Although I don't know that maybe that because is that a personal thing or is, right, that, is that a, a bad at your job thing? thing? Or is it a you're bad at your job because of your personal feelings about a case? Probably the second one. Probably. But is it human to have personal feelings about your job? I say we leave. We had them at eight and a half. Leave them at eight and a yeah. half. It's, this is too murky. There's too much going on here. Makes sense. Well, I don't remember the next one, and I feel oh, like I should. It's a good one. Looking at the description and the guest stars and everything yes. about it, I should remember this. Was it so traumatizing I've blocked it from my brain? Um, yes, you're not going to like this one. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I already know I'm not because it's called Cradle to Grave. Uh-huh, you're not and the like implication it. of there being children involved is... You're, you're not going like to <laughs> I'm not looking forward to watching this one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe my subconscious yes, just won't let a, it exist anymore. Very memorable one to oh, me. Man, I can't believe I don't remember it. I'm just I'm afraid to remember it. Yeah. I get but I guess I have that to look forward to. I'll have to mm-hmm. have a drink while I'm watching this one, I guess. Oh man. All right. Well, there's that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how I spend my free time. <laughs> it's the project we've assigned to ourselves. <laughs> For the purpose of nothing. Yes. So we can talk to each other about a show we've already seen. And all of you who we love so much. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, wherever you're listening, be sure to leave a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram at the unsub is a white man. We technically have a TikTok, though. Listen, uh, I'm an old lady, and I'm so intimidated. I, I, how do people find things to say on TikTok? I'm not that interesting. I, I use up all the things I have but to say here. Most of the people on TikTok aren't very interesting. I don't know how much TikTok That's you've true. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you just say everything that pops into your brain, and then every once in a while you get one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what I'm missing. To. Like there aren't enough things to do, but we have a TikTok. Look us up and please tell us how to do it better. Yes. Uh, You can get our merch on Redbubble. If you buy any, tag us. We'll share you to our stories. Our theme music is composed and performed by Nate Youngblood and the podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Thanks, Nate. And until next week, we'll be in the Southeast.